Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, August the 22nd, 2023. So glad that you are on today uh, for the daily podcast. We are in Galatians chapter 2 today uh, as we continue our journey through the New Testament this year and uh, now specifically through uh, the letter to the Galatians. Um Hope your week is off to a good start. It's uh, most places school is in full swing now, um, including colleges. So, so yeah, the, the roads are a little busier. <laughs> your commute to work may be a little longer. Unless, of course, you work from home, then eh, who cares? Yeah, but um, yeah, so keep your eyes alert when you're on the roads, man. Little kids out running around with their backpacks on. Trying to get to get to class on time, so um, be careful. Watch those school buses. All right. Well, we're diving in today to Galatians chapter two. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today through His Word. Then, after fourteen years, I went up again to Jerusalem. This is Paul speaking. Um. This time with Barnabas, the encourager. Barnabas was an encourager. I took Titus also, along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preached among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even, not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was, a, he was Greek. So Paul is uh, recounting a uh, meeting he had with the leaders in Jerusalem early on when he was uh, beginning to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. Um, and because of the grace of Jesus, he was not compelled at all to... Um, encourage them or certainly not command them, those Greek people that were converting to Jesus, to be circumcised. No, we don't need to, you don't need to undergo uh, Jewish um, Old Testament laws and rites uh, to be fully a member of the family of God. Um, and so Paul is recounting that. In fact, and then the, uh, some of the Jewish leaders, those Jewish uh, men who had become followers of Jesus, some uh, of them in Jerusalem were not too thrilled about that. They were like, wait, 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 what? So Paul went and met with them. It could be very well this is a, a reference to the meeting in Acts chapter 15, um, which I like to refer to as the first, very first church business meeting. And um, so it could be that Paul is referring to that encounter, that meeting. Um, this matter arose because some false teeth, soft, uh, some false believers 
had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. So Paul is just, again, reminding them how he's been contending from the beginning that Jesus only is enough. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. You don't need to add anything to Jesus. Jesus is enough. You don't need to add Jesus plus good works, Jesus plus uh, undergoing this ritual or that ritual or keeping these laws or that law, those laws. No, that's not what saves us. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. I hope today that uh, that encourages you. Uh, Jesus is enough for you, man. You, you don't have to worry. You know, you think, well, I need to do more of this, do more. We don't do things to earn God's approval. We don't do things to um, to attain our reconciliation with God. Nope, that's not how that works. We are uh, made right with God through Jesus, through Christ alone. He does it. And so it's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Yeah. So, um, because, I mean, you never win at that game, man. If you're always trying to earn salvation, you're always trying to do, well, when do you think you could do enough? What's the line? Well, I just do more than them. That's not good enough. Well, I don't, and I feel, or, so you either feel, when we get on the works track, man, we either feel, or get filled with pride or shame. That's the only two results of that. You either get pride, proud because you, well, look, I'm, I'm doing way more than they do. I'm, look how much closer I am to God than they are. So you, you're filled with pride or you're filled with shame. Condemnation. I'm never do. I never do. I, I can't do what they do. I'm, I, I never. I don't do as much as them. And so you start, start. We start comparing ourselves with people. And when Jesus came, He destroyed that. We are not by. We're not saved by works of righteousness, good works, doing good things. We're not. We're saved by grace through faith. It is not of works. <laughs> not of works. And so Paul is just, again, raising that flag here. He said, we, those that were trying to add to Jesus, we did not entertain that nonsense for a moment. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And in some sense, uh, child of God, that's our calling to pass on to the next generation. We've got to continue to pass on to others that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus is enough. The work that he did on the cross is sufficient, and we pass that on to other people. As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. <laughs> God does not show favoritism. Paul's like, you know, some people, you know, high esteem may disagree with me or may have this. I don't. With all due respect, I don't care. <laughs> With all due respect, I ain't worried about it. Like water off a duck's back. I, just, I, ain't, I don't care about it because God doesn't show favoritism. 
And so sometimes, you know, you get people who are well-educated, well-spoken. They're just wrong. They were, look, they could have the credentials. They could have the endorsements. They could have the educational degrees, and they can still be dead wrong. But as for those held in high esteem, whatever they are, whatever they were, makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. You know, it it is freeing, and and Galatians is, is a lot about freedom in Christ. And one of the things that will set us free is when we realize that there that God doesn't show any favoritism. Now we often think of that, and we should, as the way we should treat other people, not showing favoritism to anyone. Absolutely, that's that's true. But also apply it to yourself. You are you are equal with everyone else. Just because someone is, you know, has more money than you, or has a better job than you, or uh, has more education than you, or you name it, whatever it is, their kids are prettier than yours. I know that's impossible, but you know, it, it, you know, hypothetically, their little babies are prettier than your whatever. God doesn't show any favoritism. So you can step into every room, you can enter any group, and you can be at home. You belong there. Yeah. Mm. I think sometimes a lot of people live through life, and I, and I, and, and I still deal with this some. I think uh, it's a common human experience where we can sometimes feel like we are at someone else's party all the time. Like we just are kind of showing up to a party that's not really ours, but we're just sneaking in the back door. That's how we walk through the world. Some people do, and and like I said, I've I've, I've experienced that myself. Um, but what the Word of God is showing us here is that no, you're not an accident. This party wasn't set for someone else, and you just happened to pop in. No, this place is for you. You have as much right here. As anyone else. You belong here. God doesn't show any favoritism. This place isn't just for uh, this group or that group or those people. No. Freedom. You can be yourself. You can belong. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. So Peter preached primarily to the Jewish people, and Paul's um, calling was to reach those who were not of of Jewish descent. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James... Cephas and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. So they welcomed me. They recognized my calling. They recognized what God was doing in my life and the calling that God had placed on me. They extended to me. It's kind of this uh, this little um, saying in the Bible, um, right hand of fellowship. Um, it just means they embraced me. They welcomed me in. They extended to me the right hand of fellowship. In my tradition, the Church of God, that we kind of adopted that little saying, um, and we, we, we use it quite often. Uh, we extend the hand of fellowship um, to every Christian brother and sister. 
or to every blood-washed one, every person who's been washed in the blood of Christ. We extend the hand of fellowship. We are all one in Christ. And that little phrase, we got it from right here. Peter and the brothers uh, John and James extended to Paul the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they and they to the circumcised. So we each have different people that we're called to reach. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. So, you know, we agreed that they agreed that Paul's calling was to this group of people, Peter, John, and others, their uh, calling was to another group of people. But, hey, whatever we do, let's remember the poor. Remember those who are uh, less fortunate. Remember those among us who need our help. And Paul's like, I was eager to do that anyway. They preaching to the choir right there. I was all about that. So, I hope you remember today, think about uh, who you are called to reach. Part of your calling is to reach a group of people that other people can't reach. And it is often re related to your own story. It could be related to where you grew up or the kind of uh, culture you grew up in. It could be part of your story. Uh, if you've experienced a certain loss or grew up a certain way or um, experienced a certain achievement, um, whatever it is, it could be your story, uh, a certain pain, certain uh, triumph or trial that you uh, went through. That often informs who it is that we're called to reach. And so um, think about that. I would encourage you to give that some thought. Who is it and what group of people um, am I called to reach? Is it moms? Is it dads? Is it uh, athletes? Is it business people? Is it uh, blue-collar people? Is it uh, people in the construction industry, um, in the healthcare industry? There's just, just there's a million little niche groups of people, <laughs> people who collect Star Wars figures. I don't know, but everyone has a, a, an area and a group of people that they can connect with. And that they can, that they're they're uniquely gifted uh, to reach. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face. Mm. They, they said that was likely that was a pretty contentious, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came, cert, for before certain men came, came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. So. Peter is eating with the Gentiles. He's not making the Gentiles, you know, do all these religious rules. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belong to the circumcision group. So basically, Cephas is being a little two-faced when he's around. When the when the the Jewish uh, legalists aren't around, he's kind of letting his hair down. Peter kind of letting his hair down. He letting it go. But then when uh, they uh, James and some of those boys come around. Peter started buttoning it up. Man, he started buttoning up that top button. Started acting all prim and proper. And and Paul's like, "Boy, what you doing? Who are you?" 
five minutes ago, you know, you you was Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Now you're trying to add all this religion. Now you're trying to act all religious. Why are you doing that? Hmm. So Paul said, I confronted him to his face. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. Verse 15. I'm sorry, verse uh, 14. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? He's like, man, when you, you're, you're, you're Jewish, but I, boy, I see, you, I see you living and moving and interacting, and you don't live like a, some kind of really strict legalistic Jew. So why are you trying to tell the Gentiles they need to be uh, legalistic Jews? He said, that don't make no sense. Forcing them to adhere to Jewish customs when you don't even do it. And you shouldn't, because Jesus plus nothing equals everything. We who are Jew, Jews by birth and not, and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. There it is, man. Boom. We're justified not by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That means you are made right with God. I am made right with God. I, our reconciliation with God, every human being, Every human being's reconciliation with God is based on what Jesus has done, our faith in him, our faith in who he was, that he was indeed the son of God who lived the perfect life, who fulfilled all the righteous requirements of the law on our behalf because we couldn't do it and gave his life on a cross, the, the atoning sacrifice for our sin. And because of that perfect life and that perfect sacrifice, we put our faith in him that it was sufficient. That's how we're saved. We're not saved by trying to earn our own salvation. That's freedom, man. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law because by the works of the law, no one, come on now, no one will be justified. Not Jew or Gentile, nobody. Nobody's going to be justified by works of the law. That's what Paul's saying. He's like, why, we're not gonna, why would we encourage Gentiles to keep the works of the law when that's not going to save them or us? <laughs> it's, not, it's ineffective. So why would we implore them to do something that in the end is not effectual? Hmm. Verse 17, but if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners. Doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. So he's saying, you know, the Greeks and their lifestyle, if we are, um, if we're justified in Christ, but we're just hanging out with the Gentiles uh, and not keeping these, these uh, man-made laws, are we, you know, doesn't that just make Christ, does that mean Christ is promoting sin? And Paul's like, no. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. Um, 
re- rebuild what? Rebuild the, the, uh, the old religious system. Jesus broke down the old religious system. It's not necessary anymore. They were shadows, and um, they were images of something to come, which Jesus was the fulfillment of that. And so Jesus broke down that. He destroyed those, that old temple structure, that old religious uh, system that required um, strict adhe- uh, adherence to the law to, to, to be considered righteous. And Paul's like, Jesus destroyed that. Why would I, if I start building that back up, I'm breaking the law of Christ. I'm breaking the law of Christ because Christ broke it down. I'm not going to be out there, you know, with my hammer and chisel and uh, trying to put the bricks back together. No. Um. If I rebuild what was destroyed, then I would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. Oh, this is awesome right here. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Ooh, that's freedom right there, people. Come on now, that's freedom. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For me, I do not set aside the gospel. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could come, could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Mm. Paul's like, I set aside the grace of God for nothing. Nothing. Because if a righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ would have died for nothing. But no. Man. May that be your call today, that you uh, die to yourself at once more and be reminded today that you, you live not by yourself. You live in Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live through faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He did, man. He loves you, and he gave himself for you. So uh, live uh, in him today. Yeah, experiencing his power. That's freedom, man. Every room you step into, you belong there. Every place you go, you belong there. Not not out of arrogance, but out of a a, uh, freedom. Come on, out of a freedom because of what Jesus has done for you. You ain't a visitor. You're not a. This is not someone else's party that you just stumbled upon. This thing's for you too. You belong here. Yeah, I hope you walk in that today. And um, why? Because you're in Christ, and you know what? It's all for Jesus. <laughs> and if I'm in Jesus, it's all for Jesus. So I belong here. All right, all right, you guys. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you for the power of the gospel and the truth that Jesus plus nothing equals everything. So thank you for salvation that comes through him and faith in him and not of works. So, Lord, I pray for my friends today that they walk in that freedom and joy and victory today, that they feel comfortable in their own skin because they are in you. 
and you are in all and over all, and everything we see is for you and for your glory. So, Lord, thank you so much for your goodness. I pray your blessing upon each and every person, whatever they're going through today. Give them strength and power and encouragement according to your riches in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for liking, subscribing uh, to this podcast. Those of you on the podcast, I do have a YouTube channel now. You can check it out on YouTube. Um, subscribe to that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel because then I can start doing this stuff live on YouTube. Right now, I have to upload the video. So. But um, yeah, check it out. Uh, it's YouTube, uh, Terry Roland One, the number one. Terry Roland, my first and last name, One uh, on YouTube. Yeah. All right, you guys. Have a great day. We'll be back at it tomorrow with Galatians chapter three. Have a fantastic day. We'll see you then. Bye. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.